Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. Today, I am joined by a good friend of the podcast, Miss Lynette from the Nice to Meet You podcast. Lynette, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited about the episode, and thanks for having me. Yeah, so for my listeners out there who don't know, I came across Lynette's profile on Instagram, the Nice to Meet You podcast, and I started like just searching around a little bit, and then I went and checked out her podcast on Apple iTunes, and I just couldn't like help but like sort of like vibing with this with this podcast. I was really feeling. It. I listened to your uh, most recent episode, you know, like Dear Younger Self. Or is it Dear Younger Me? Did I, did I say that wrong? <laughs> Dear Younger Me, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Dear, Dear Younger Me, yeah. And I listened through the whole thing. I was just like, man, I'm really like liking what's going on here. Tell me, like, what made you decide to start this podcast? Like, what was the motivation behind it? So with the pandemic, as, as everyone knows, we're kind of quarantined. And so someone had asked me to make a video about, like, the things that I've been doing, like, during the, the pandemic. And I was like, okay. And so I made like a quick four minute YouTube video and I shared it with people and I got like almost 200 views. <laughs> and so okay. people, people were like feeling it. They were like, man, cause I was talking about how like I found myself and how I'm able to reflect and then the different books that I was reading and people were like amazed by it. So I started like making videos just on YouTube before I did a podcast, just on YouTube. And I started releasing them every week and people were like, man, this is great. And then so, in my head, I'm thinking, what about a podcast? But it was just a thought. And so then my cousin, she was like complimenting me on one of the videos. I'm just waiting to for you to start a podcast. And I'm like, crazy. You know, I was just sitting here thinking about starting a podcast. And then I still didn't start one. I think, I think another week went by. And then another friend, I was talking to her and I was like, she was complimenting me on a video and talking about my voice and how it's so common and inspiring. And she was like, I was telling her, think, I was thinking about a podcast. And she was like, yeah, like I could totally see you doing a podcast. So maybe fast forward like five or six hours after talking to my friend, I just sat on my couch and I was Googling like, what is the best podcast? And I was like, Anchor came up as like one of the top. And I was like, okay, I just signed up for Anchor and I just started like doing the podcast. This is just kind of how it went and, and I enjoyed it. And so I just kept doing it. Okay, okay. So you were saying before that you were like, you know, just reading some books that were kind of like giving you some inspiration about what to talk about on your podcast. Like what what types of books like do you read? Like what is the like the general like genre that you like to get into? So I'm all about self-help books. Okay. And the particular book that I was talking about that the video that I made when someone reached out to me, it was a book called uh, More Myself by Alicia Keys and I encourage you all you all the listeners to read Alicia Keys book More Myself. It's so much information. The book is about $20. I bought it on Amazon and it's so much information. It's her story about how she became more herself. And so on top of that book, I had, you know, I had been in therapy. So like therapy and the different self self-help books that I had been reading, it kind of made me be more and more in tune with myself. So I created the nice to meet you podcast is where listeners come to become the best version of themselves. 
Okay. Okay. I love that. And, you know, I, I think it's really cool that, you know, you, you bring up like therapy because, you know, I feel like mental health is like, um, just still has like a stigma attached to it. Like here in America. I mean, I know personally that I've seen a therapist before, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, I felt it was really beneficial to me. Did you think that therapy was beneficial to you when you went and did it? Yeah, but actually how I started it, I have stories for everything, so bear with me, Desmond. <laughs> oh, no, keep going, keep going. Uh, actually, because I'm going to school to be a teacher, one of the classes, the courses that I had to take required me. It required me to go to therapy. So I'm like, I had a bad experience with therapy before because I had like struggled with anxiety. And so when I went, the guy that I went to, he was falling asleep on me. So I stopped going. I went like twice and I'm like, dude, he was falling asleep. Yes, on he you? was falling asleep while no. I was sitting. Yes, he was. He was falling asleep. I'm like, dude, I'm paying you. <laughs> this isn't free. I'm paying you and you're falling asleep. So like, I, I dropped him. I had like a bad taste in my mouth from therapy. But then when, when my course required me to do it, I'm like, I'm in here. I'm doing it because they told me to do it. But then I fell in love with it because the thing that I encourage people while I would encourage a person to go to therapy is because there's no judgment. The person doesn't know you from a can of paint and they just kind of listen to your patterns and how you think. And they kind of just question it and they kind of nudge you and kind of push you further and kind of challenge your thinking and kind of challenge you to like think out everything. Cause sometimes we, we make uh, decisions off of impulses. And so sometimes like a therapist will kind of hone in on your pattern of thinking. And so I encourage people, I know in the black community, and I'm a black a woman, and I know sometimes in the black community, people laugh at you and say, like, we're, you're black, you know, in a, in a black household, you keep everything in your house. You don't tell anybody about what goes on in this house. And, that, and that's not healthy. And so I'm glad that I was kind of forced. And when I was forced to do it, I fell in love with it. Yeah, no, I, I can't, I can't echo that enough. I mean, I feel like, you know, just across like all communities, like I feel like there's just too many people out there who just have this negative viewpoint of, you know, just therapy and therapists in general. And I feel like that's something that our society that needs to change. And I'm glad that it's starting to change, like in the last, like, you know, like handful of years here, that's definitely something that more people need to get involved in. Like mental health is affecting us all. I mean, I feel like anxiety is becoming like a problem yeah. for people everywhere these days. I mean, I, I don't like I don't know about like you like how old are you with that do you mind like oh no I don't mind no, there's no shame in my game <laughs> I'm 37 but if you see okay. me if, if the listeners could see me people think I'm 22 <laughs> so typically when I say my age people are always in awe uh but as soon as I start talking they can hear like the maturity in my voice and so that kind of gives me a, it gives it away when I start to talk but like my face it looks like I'm about 22. <laughs> right i saw your youtube videos that's why i asked i thought you might have been younger than me i was about to say i'm 30 <laughs> years old i'm 30 years old and i like remember like growing up like i do not remember people talking about anxiety as much as they're talking about it today and i don't know if people are just more open about talking about it today or if it's just more widespread but you know regardless of whatever the case may be i think people definitely need to invest in therapy more now well you were Oh, go ahead. I'm, go sorry, ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but thinking about listening to you talk, I would say that anxiety because of social media, I would say that anxiety is more prevalent today because social media makes us think that we have to compete with one another. It's like yes. and social media is like you got to think people only put good stuff on social media. They will, they're not going to put the argument they have with their wife or their spouse or partner. They're not going to put that we're into it. They're not going to put the happy times, the happy moments of vacations things like that. So you got to think that you're competing with people that are not like that all the time. 
Right. Because we only put the best versions of ourselves on social media. And then we want everyone to believe that that is our lives, like just completely. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, it's, you make 100% sense there. I feel like everyone's trying to like compete against a phantom, you know, to something that just does not exist. Yes. You know, but you said that you are, you know, in school to be a, you're, you went back, you're going back to school now. Mm-hmm. I remember like listening to your podcast, you had talked about how you had left school because you felt like you had to, you know, go get a part-time job to pay the bills and you just didn't think that you could balance school and work at the same time. But I guess now you're back in school. Like, tell me what led to you deciding to go back to school. Okay. So umpteen years ago, (laughs) no, I graduated from high school back in 2001. And so I graduated, you know, I was into writing because all my teachers would like applaud my writing. And I was like, man, I'm going to be a journalist. So, you know, when I graduated, I went to a university and I enrolled in a mass communication program. And then after that, I was doing that. And uh, me and my sister, you know, ran into a situation where we had to move out at the age of 19 and she was 21. And uh, and so we were like, okay, we're young. Like, we have to figure this out. We got to get a farm. We got to get furniture. We got to pay these bills. And I was like, I got this job. And at the time, a 19-year-old, you think you're making a little change. And you're like, ah, this school stuff, it can wait. And so I, I started to notice that I'm paying, paying attention less and less to my schoolwork and, and more and more trying to make money. So I ended up, you know, dropping out. And then at the time, I did not drop my classes the right way. And so I got Fs. And so when I got, I got Fs for every class. And I know that, that that affected my financial aid. And so I used that excuse for years. And I was like, I can't go back. I can't go back. I can't afford to pay, like, out of pocket. They won't give me financial aid. And so I kept using it as, as an excuse. And I ran into this coworker back in 2014. And I was talking to him because he, at the time, he's, he was working on his master's. And he's a, you know, you know, advocate for education. And so he was saying, like, I don't want to hear your excuse. Every time I would say, well, this, this, this won't happen. And he was like, no, no, just go back and try. You, you know, you won't know until you try. So it's like I had never ran into a person that would not accept my excuses. Like everybody else was like, OK, <laughs> OK. And I'm like, this person wasn't accepting my excuses. I was like, OK. So I went. I enrolled. And at the time when I enrolled, I was going into I like the show CSI. And I was kind of yeah. in the pharmaceutical industry. So I was like trying to do clinical lab. I'm like, yeah, just sign me up for clinical lab. This is a, kind of along the lines of where I am and kind of like the stuff that I like. And I was doing that. And when I got to the program, I'm like, man, this is whack. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. And so uh, I have been working with kids through my church, Sunday school, vacation Bible school and stuff like that. But it never clicked that I was good at it. I was like making schedules, you know, preparing me, like going shopping for the kids getting activities, doing art, arts and crap, all that stuff. And, and I was really good at it. But like I said, I was, I was working at this job and I'm like, I never noticed that I was good at it. And so I was sitting in the counselor's office one day and a math teacher that I, that I had at the community, community college before I transferred to the university that I'm at now uh, was so good at math. She made me fall in love with math. And I was like, you know what? I could teach math. And so I asked the counselor, like, show me your math program. And I was like, he was showing it to me. And Desmond, like, no lie. I looked in the corner and I thought, I think I thought I saw an angel playing a harp, <laughs> playing a harp saying like, like, duh, like, why did, oh, why did this you, is the sign. you know, like, this is the sign. Like, why did you not see this? And so I, there was a biggest smile on my face. I walked out of that office. I, I went away from math because math started to get challenging. And I started to go like to elementary because those were the kids that I was more comfortable with. And so 
I, you know, I, then in 2015 or 2016, I can't remember, I enrolled into an elementary program, and that's where I've been. Okay. Uh, and I graduate in May of next year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a big deal. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. You know, it's a hard decision to go back after you've been out for so long. You know, I, uh, I definitely think that's a, that's a big deal. You know, I feel like, you know, more people definitely need to hear this story that you just said. I know there's a lot of people that I know personally who left college and are afraid to go back. So that's actually, it's really cool that you, you know, like you tell the story for all of us. Thank you. But, you know, I'm going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to have more questions with Lynette from the Nice to Meet You podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Welcome back from the break, everyone. We are still here with Lynette from the Nice to Meet You podcast. Lynette, now, whenever I have somebody new on to the show, I always like to ask, you know, like them, like what part of the country they're from, like what it was like growing up there, just so, like the listeners at home get an idea of like, you know, where you're from and what your culture was like. So you said that you're from Missouri. Where at Missouri? Uh, St. Louis, the home of Nelly. Does everyone know Nelly the rapper? Do you know Nelly? Does he? <laughs> country grammar? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, her, her, my God. And her, 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 that's, how we, that's how we talk. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, I had some friends. I was telling her before that I got some friends from Kansas City, but I've uh, I don't really know anybody from St. Louis until now. Like, so what was it like growing up? You know, like like in the city or like outside the city? So I grew up within the city limits. So we have like South Side, like you hear like Chicago, kind of like Chicago says South Side, North Side, and you hear like the county, like yeah. North County, South County. But I grew up in the the South Side, and so St. Louis is a very segregated. <laughs> Uh, uh, city and if you live here like somebody the number one question 
that you hear from people in St. Louis, what high school did you go to? That is what everybody asks you. Like, that's how they can place you. They can say, well, you grew okay. up in this area. It's like, they know you now. Like, as soon as you say what high school you went to, they can kind of say, like, this is, like, this is this person from this group, this area. And so, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, St. Louis, you know, I got to, if I remember correctly, that's, uh, that's like, right where, like, Ferguson is, right? And I, it's not too far, because uh, Ferguson is a suburb of North County. Okay. Yeah. So, when that happened a few years back and you know, like, up in Ferguson, like, what kind of, like, impact did that have on the rest of St. Louis? Like, did you, like, was it anything, like, noticeable, or was it just, like, a new story that just, like, happened for a couple of days? Or did it actually, like, like, rock the community a little bit when that happens? So, let me say the news magnifies things to make you think that St. Louis was on fire. <laughs> they would make you think that everybody's burning that that, that, that is crazy because like people that had like kids that went to like SLU, St. Louis University or Washington U- University like, these are prominent universities and like they would be worried for their kids but like the areas that like SLU is in the area that Washington we're near Ferguson. Ferguson is a very small suburb and so what went on after Mike Brown it was like a street, a street called West Florissant. West Florissant and I think also New Florissant. Those are two like main streets that the things were going on, like where people were burning buildings and, you know, with the rioting and looting and stuff like that. And so the news, you know, CNN, big news companies would come here and just like photo ops and like stuff like that. And they would magnify and make you think that St. Louis is just horrible. But no, it's like this was like confined areas that people were like upset and in a rage and, and, and understandably, you know, with the, you know, the different things that are going on today. Uh, still, when it happened and um, just think about you know that St. Louis it gets a bad name for crime like right up there kind of with Chicago but St. Louis is also a good place and every place has its its bad bad areas so overall I can't complain like I'm St. Louis born and raised so I have nothing nothing bad to say about St. Louis yeah St. Louis was in the news recently because uh, because of actually an election that was going on there between um what was the name? Corey, uh, yeah. Corey Bush and Lacey Clay. Yeah, that was uh, big. Was that? that was big. That was big. We were really happy that she won. Yeah. Did you vote for Corey Bush? Yes, I did. I'm not ashamed. I'm thinking we need change. Lacey, the, the, the Clay family had been had been holding that spot down in Congress for so long. <laughs> right. So just to give the people at home some ideas, uh, the Clay family, first there was a father and then there was a son. The two of them held a seat in this. Well, I think it was like the Missouri First District. Yes. Uh, for since like 1969 and Cori Bush, you know, ran as a progressive candidate against, you know, um, Congressman Clay, who was, I think, also a member of the Congressional Black Caucus. And they dumped a bunch of money into his campaign. And there was just all kinds of crazy negative attack ads being like thrown at Cori Bush. And she's, you know, a member of the community. I think she's a registered mm-hmm. nurse. She's also like a, a pastor at a local church. And she was able to pull out a pretty big victory, you know, down there in St. Louis. So, you know, definitely want to put a spotlight on her because if I got my news correct here, she's the first black woman to be elected to Congress yes. in the state of Missouri in its entire history. Yes. And and, and, to, and and the campaign, I don't know if you could see the commercials, you know, where you were, but Lacey Clay kind of hit low <laughs> with, you know, with her campaign. He like made it seem like she was lying. She wasn't really a pastor. She, like they said that she didn't even have an address that they could find and. It made her seem just, you know, like a not a nice person. And I'm glad that she, you know, she ran her her campaign with uh, integrity. I, I will I will commend her 
for that. She had a lot of support. I mean, even people came and came and like knocked on my door two or three times just to say, like, can we have your support? And I was like, man, like Lacey Clay, no one has ever reached out, you know, to me and Corey Bush. Uh, she even, I want to say, and I may be wrong, I thought that she was diagnosed with COVID. I want to say that once she got out the hospital, that she went back right to camp, right with the people like protesting and stuff like that. So she was out and being seen in the community. And so Lacey yeah. Clay, I've never like, he, he came to my church like one time, but I never seen him like out in, in the community. Right. And that's that's one of the things that, you know, like that people are always talking about that there's like certain members of Congress who just like take their appointments for granted. Like they just like show up and just assume that they'll be voted for. But for those who want to know a little bit more about um, Cori Bush, if you go on to Netflix, that documentary, Knock Down the House, she is one of the four members who is actually on that documentary along with AOC. That's a great story, man. I, I really I really like that. I mean, there is just too many people in politics right now who just kind of take their their status for granted. We need more people, and they're actually going to fight for the everyday person. Now, are you um, are you paying attention to the election uh, that's going on this year? I know some I know some people like to stay out of politics altogether. So yeah, I looked at the uh, the Democratic uh, convention and the Republican convention. I'm sorry, I couldn't even stomach it for more than two seconds. So, so <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. I didn't. I honestly, I didn't watch it myself because, uh, you know, in most scenarios, you know, like I would not want to even be remotely excited about our options this year. But, you know, I, I personally feel like I have to vote against Donald Trump because I just I just can't stand to see him in office anymore. But like, what are your your feelings on this election? Like, do you plan on voting? Like, do you want to share with the people who you're voting for and why? Well, like you kind of like you said, it's by default that we have to vote for Joe Biden. So, so because, you know, we've seen Trump and like how for four years that it's been like a reality show and we kind of just want to turn it off. <laughs> and, and so I hate by default um, that I kind of, I'm kind of just giving Joe Biden. I really don't know what he stands for, but I like that he picked up Kamala Harris, and so okay, I think that she's a strong. What I perceive, and I could be wrong, is that Kamala Harris is going to be the president, and Joe Biden is just going to be there because I feel like her presence and how she like speaks and all the agendas that she has, it seems like she hasn't. She kind of knows where she wants the country to go. More so than what I've heard from Joe Biden. I feel like Joe Biden is kind of like he made the joke on uh, with Charlemagne the God about if you ain't black. Oh my yeah. god! And so I'm like, he knows that we have no other choice. But and he he was really wise in picking up Kamala Harris because I know a lot of black people were like the Democrats have been like stringing us along for so long. By default, we don't we have no other choices. But what are you going to do for us? And so right. Yeah. Now, you see, I, you know, I grew up over, you know, like outside of Philadelphia, I spent some time in Jersey. So I haven't been all around the country, so I can't really like speak for a community as a whole. But like, what is like your community like feeling like about like about Kamala Harris, uh, you know, in and around like St. Louis? Like, what do people thought? Like, what do people think about her as a person? Well, I can say based off just looking at different social media posts from like different people in St. Louis is that everybody was happy. It was like he did the right thing by picking Kamala Harris. Some people wanted him him to pick Stacey Abrams um, because I think she was I more he was. yeah she was more progressive like in her in her thinking because Kamala Harris I've heard that she put it's a joke out there saying that she put 
as many black people in jail as Joe Biden <laughs> or something like that. It's like a joke about her and how when she was a was she a DA? I could be quoting. I hope I'm not quoting it incorrectly. She was uh, the attorney general okay. for the state of California, and before that, she was a prosecutor in the Bay Area. So yeah, she's a uh, she's got a history on it. Yeah, and I heard that her and because Joe Biden is getting hung up on he increased. Uh, I, I could be quoting this wrong. It was like 25. It was like a sentence. He, he like I think back in uh, early 2000s or something. He was like on the side of increasing the amount of time that people served in in right. jail. mandatory yeah. minimums. Yeah, and so a lot of people are hung up on on that, and then how he didn't want to desegregate the schools, and how him and Kamala kind of went at it back at the uh, when they were going the primaries. Yeah, the primaries. yeah. so it, it was shocking, but I guess he knew he saw. You know the force that she is, you know that she was, and so he chose her. So I don't know. I just like you said. I just by default, like I don't want Trump. So by default, you know I'm vote, I'm voting for Joe Biden. But I'm looking for as it's a black woman, and I know that you know Kamala's have African American. That I'm looking forward to her winning and and a, and a black woman being in that position. Yeah, no, I think it's a big deal. I've you know I've been on other podcasts recently where I had uh, some people trying to tell me that they thought it was a little cheesy for. You know, Biden to pick someone just because they were a black woman. And, you know, I think my response to him was, you know, there's been a lot of women who have been qualified to be vice president for decades now that have just been passed over because they were a woman. So I don't really see anything wrong with a person being chosen because they're a woman or a woman of color. Like, I don't like I feel like it's almost like retribution at this point. You know, because so many people got passed over for so long because they thought they couldn't win with a woman. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, so before we close out this episode here, Lynette, I wanted to thank you for coming on. And I wanted to just give you a second to plug your podcast, tell people, you know, where they can find it, what you're all about one more time so that everyone at, know, everyone at home knows where to go find you. Okay, so it's called, and I'll spell it out for you all because it's not like nice to meet you the traditional way. It's uh, N-I-C-E and then two is in the number two and then it's M-E-E-T and then U is in the letter U. And I have also created an IG page for the podcast. So you can, you know, at me at N-I-C-E, two is in the number two, M-E-E-T, and then U is in the letter U. And you can reach out. because So on my Instagram page, I like post like snippets of the episode. So if you're like on the fence about if you want to join the Nice to Meet You podcast, you can, you know, go, go on over to my IG page. And check out a few snippets and, you know, and then, like, you know, make your decision off of that. And, like, look at some of the content. Like, I'm always posting. I'm a positive person. I want to spread love and light. And so you'll find some encouraging and uplifting and inspiring content. And so I'm on, like, your major platforms like Apple, Google, uh, Overcast, Radio Public, uh, Spotify. You can find the Nice to Meet You podcast on there. And it's all about becoming the best version of yourself. But on top of that, accepting yourself for who you are. And so I welcome any listeners, you know, come on over and join me. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Man, that is a plug right there. I, I might have to take some some notes over here because <laughs> my plugs on other people's podcasts, you know, have not been that good. But for everyone out there, please go check out her podcast. Nice to meet you. If you do go over there and find it, leave it a, a review. Leave it a five-star review, actually. Don't be, don't thank be cheap you, with, thank the, you. with the stars. <laughs> Give a five-star review. And as we close here today, uh, if you found this video on YouTube, please hit that like button. If you found it anywhere else, 
please give my podcast a five-star review. I am leaving you with some words of wisdom for the day. And they go like this. What we repeatedly do, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. So to everyone else out there, I will see you next time. And remember to embrace your independence. Thank you.